Welcome back, everybody. We were talking to Alana earlier this week, and uh, Sarah just couldn't wait to get into the details of what led our detectives in the right direction and uncovering this Aries when there was a Libra red herring that did not distract them. Um, now you guys, let, oh, and we're also joined by Alana, who was able to stick around and yeah. uh and we can elaborate. And it sounds like, Alana, we were getting into your big three and, and what you kind of knew about your chart coming in. What was that when was it interesting looking at the two character profiles? And did any of that? Did you recognize any kind of like wording? Because it seems like there's so many different descriptions to work with that, you know, even if you know your sign and they're looking at one of two signs, it's still difficult to differentiate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always like, nope, I'm an Aries. One of my friends is very into like sidereal placements and stuff. And so we have a lot of like conversations about like where that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I saw the, the left-hand side and I was like, I probably should have mentioned that I like taught yoga for a couple of years. Cause that maybe would have like been a little bit more obvious, but um, you didn't. Oh yeah. I mean, you did mention yoga on your, your form. Um, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But just not the teaching. Um, do, and so it sounds like you str like, I feel like most Aries do strongly identify with Aries. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're very serious about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one badass sign and, <laughs> uh, and it's the first and the best, right? <laughs> yeah. Or according to Aries. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it's interesting. You mentioned sidereal. For anyone listening that doesn't know what that means, there's there's several different zodiacs. And um the one that we um Western astrologers study is the tropical zodiac, which actually does not align with the constellations. It's it's actually a little different. Um, and sidereal is, um, yeah, it, it can, you can have a different sun sign in sidereal. And so are you like a Pisces in sidereal? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I every time. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I guess we can go over a few, um, things in your chart that, uh, stuck out to us, um. For me, um, I, well, so you're a Scorpio rising and a lot of times with Scorpio risings, um, they can be very guarded and not giving a lot of information up front. But I think as Bronwyn pointed out before you came on that kind of that Aries, um, I guess, balances that need to be guarded out. Is, is that what you were saying, Bronwyn? Yeah, just that... Uh we were looking at a Gemini, a possibility of a Gemini ascendant, and they're usually very forthcoming and chatty. And then opposed to that, what it actually is, which is the Scorpio ascendant, we're usually very quiet and reticent. But because um, I was looking at a couple of things, because it's ruled by that Mars and Pisces, which might be a little bit softer. And then also just because of, like you said, about Aries, they're really um, confident and like to to... To put themselves forward, I thought that we might have that rare commodity, which is a chatty Scorpio. Mm -hmm. And it's indeed the case. 
not chatty isn't the right word because you were quite serious as one would expect from from that Mars world ascendant but you were forthcoming you were willing to share um especially from those scorpionic experiences in your life right Mm -hmm. from the shadow places which is one of the brilliance that's part of the brilliance of Scorpio is that ability to navigate the shadow realms and and share the wisdom that comes from that yeah and um when uh, kind of in the middle of the show, we asked you about, um, you know, a couple of questions. We were trying to pinpoint your moon sign. So you're a Taurus moon, but the other chart has a Cancer moon, which is a, um, you know, Cancer moon. And maybe you can speak to this, Bronwyn. I think you said you had a Cancer moon, but it is a, a much more sensitive placement. And people with Cancer moon can be a lot more sensitive and maybe... Um, cry a bit more often is it how would you describe that Bronwyn well I, I had asked a lot of that question about how do the people around you see you as far as emotional expression because usually somebody with a cancer moon the people around them will describe them as emotional emotional and emotionally expressive maybe not always appropriately and um not all of us but many of us are criers we're sentimental and um very very uh sensitive in all the positive ways and sometimes in a kind of reactive way. So with the Cancer Moon, you would expect to see somebody who um, is emotionally reactive and that other people would identify as being very emotionally expressive, but in that special Cancerian slightly reactive. (laughs) I can say that because I've got that placement. Yeah. And Cancer Moons really love to nurture and take care of people and and cooking. That's kind of why I asked that question as well. Um, and then, you know, the the Libra chart had the Sun and Jupiter, you know, in the fifth house of um, children and romance and dating. And so it was looking pretty shiny for that area. But when you said you didn't want to have kids and that you'd also had some abusive relationships um that you know really resonated with your own chart which um has saturn in the fifth house which is usually someone who's not that interested in having children um and just that mars there um made us think of maybe some possible difficulties with people you're dating and the substance abuse that you were talking about um and then when you said you grew up too fast um that Saturn in the fifth house of like joy and fun and like, you know, um, that really resonated with me as far as someone who had to didn't, who kind of missed out. And kind of, like you said, you, you do all these crafts now to kind of nurture your inner child. Yep. (laughs) Alana, were there any areas that you were interested in specifically, um, that you would like to the astrologers to take a look at or maybe speak to? Oh gosh. No, I don't think so. Um, I'm always just like curious to hear what other people have to say about my chart um, or like what things look like. Um, yeah. The, so, the other thing, uh, when you were talking about your career, I felt like um, that was really fitting with your chart too, because um, what's really interesting is, so your career, your 10th house is ruled by Leo which is, um, I mean, you're also in Aries, which is associated with leadership and authority, but Leo on the 10th house also is an indicator of someone who's going to be an authority in the workplace, but your mid heaven is actually 
a lot of people have their midheaven in the 10th house. That's the highest point in the sky. Yours is a little bit outside of that. And it falls in Virgo, which is about organization. And it's in the 11th house of groups. So you were like saying that like a big part of your job is like organ keeping everybody organized, like, but you're like a leader. Yeah. Is that <laughs> and so I thought that perfectly described your career as well. Yeah, that does. Well, the dogs are about to hang on. Let me. Hey. But tell the, tell the dogs they're welcome to come on in now. This is the relaxed debrief portion <laughs> if they well, want to make their cameos. Well, the issue is that the puppy um, likes to harass her old man brother. And so she likes to get him to sing his song. And the song of his people is very loud. So <laughs> they can do <laughs> not into the microphones because... He he'll fully howl. They're just little chihuahuas, but he'll fully howl, and it's very loud. So. Well, that's not who we heard earlier, though. That sounded like a bigger no. dog. Yeah, yeah. The bigger dog is the one that likes to bark at all the bunnies and the squirrels outside. But the little ones, they just kind of chill. But every once in a while, the baby tries to get the old man dog to play, and he basically just sings. That's his version of play. Um, yeah, I let me my chart up here but yeah that's right on for for work um specifically it's always like the houses that like get me I'm always like I don't know that's where I don't retain the knowledge which is mm -hmm. why I'm not very technically minded because I don't retain the knowledge oh, okay um well um oh what was I going to ask you um, sorry, it just went out of my, went out of my mind. Um, so are you saying that you look at your chart and try to, uh, figure it out sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes, like, I mean, I'll, I'll look at it and try and like, see, you know, like with the freaking um, solar eclipse, like the vivid dreams like kicked in and I'm like, what is happening? Like, is it my chart coming in and interacting? That's or what I, that's what I was going to ask you about because, you know, there's going to be a final, we just had a solar eclipse in, mm -hmm. um, actually it was in your 12th house, which is the house of like the unconscious and dreams. That's really interesting. And you're going to have a final one on your, um, is it, it's in, uh, the lunar eclipse, is it going to be in Taurus? Yeah, it's at five Taurus. Okay. Which is, so this is, I was going to ask you what this, if you, if the last couple of years, if you were writing a book, the last couple of years, what would that chapter be called? Oh, oh gosh. Um, so I, this is my fourth year since I left my abuser. So it's really been like, I've been talking about like what this version of like freedom looks like. This is like my bonus years because I wasn't, you know, like, I mean, as some, you know, you guys might may or may not know, puppy, um, it, the years are not uh, promised. Um, because not all of us get out of that situation and not all of us successfully get out of that situation. 
Um, they say that the first, I think, 90 days after someone leaves a domestic violence partnership is actually the most dangerous. Um, that's when you're most likely to um, have some kind of violence happen. Um, so I've kind of considered the last like four years to be my bonus years. Um, and so I've just been kind of treating myself and living life. And, you know, if, if there's a trip that I've never been on or something that I want to go do or see, I just kind of make plans to go do it because there were years that I wasn't sure I was going to be able to have that freedom. Um, so I, I talk a lot about that and what freedom looks like, um, on the other side of it. That's wonderful. And and that, matches so well with your astrology because the eclipses were happening over the last two years in your house of self and your house of relationship. And, um, so when the, you know, the eclipses hit those, whatever houses they, they are hitting, they're forcing you to bring major, they're creating major endings and beginnings. And Mm -hmm. so it makes sense that you're kind of like leaving that relationship and then maybe redefining like, who am I or, starting over you have so much resilience in you you've been through more than most people experience in a lifetime and I just admire your resilience thank you absolutely well um so I think we're at 80 percent, Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I always I always have to remind myself on the ones that are right. I'm like, yeah, half of them should be right. So it's like I can be happy <laughs> like on the right ones and on the wrong ones, because well, yeah. as what long you- as at the end of the day, it's about 50 percent. Then I'm like, yeah, we're well, having a good time. What do you mean you have to remind yourself? Does it annoy you when we get it right? (laughs) Well, if you get too many wrong, then there's something wrong with the experiment, you know? Then that's where I was at towards the beginning of the show. And I was like, did I, like, how in the world is this happening? We can't get, you know, below that far below 50%. But when you don't have a very big sample size, it's less likely. I mean, it's more likely to get some weird results. So we're building our sample size. No, I we're I'm above average at failing, Scott. <laughs> That's what was happening. You can't. There's no way that you could say I'm getting less than a coin flip because I know, you know, based on my knowledge of astrology. Yeah, yeah. It's a really it's a really fun experiment. But what's the saying? I think it's like even a broken clock is correct a while or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good a good uh yeah. thing to keep in mind too. Sometimes sometimes there are things that happen and Sarah will hit on that I I couldn't explain and if if it happened every episode I'd be like, "Whoa, I have to account for that." But it was episode 2 early on that was the most impressive to me. That's where I was a little more, well, that's is where this I pulled real? the rabbit out of the hat. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was thinking, is this a little bit real? Is there something to astrology? Cause we had my friend John on who works. Um, he has a website about comic books, uh, where it price guides comic books. And one of the two descriptors was the tech savvy dungeon with D and D fan or something. Yeah. Yeah. Ed. Yeah. And I was like, and that was the right one also. That was his his chart. 
And so, of course, at that moment, if we had just stopped after two or three episodes, I was like, um, that was pretty specific. And then you would have believed in astrology all for the rest of your life. Right. Um, we should have just packed it up after that one. <laughs> I should have yeah. quit while I was ahead because I got the third one right, too. I needed that confidence in the beginning to keep me going. Um, yeah, because I, listen, I would already believe in astrology, but like um, every time the astrology continues to astrology, I, I think all astrologers have this experience where you're just continuously like um, impressed and you're continuously resubscribing to it because I am very skeptical too. And when we started this, I was like, is this really going to work? I don't know, you know? And so I needed to get a few right off the bat and impress myself so that I felt like, yeah, this could be done or we, we should keep going with this. Yeah. I'm curious if Sarah has ever read Scott's chart. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. Don't I ever. Sometimes I sometimes I throw it in his face. Bonus <laughs> episode. Um yeah, I was I was talking about this yesterday where uh like because I'm such an Aries and I'm like, no, like Western has to be right because I'm such an Aries. Um and then my friend's like, okay, but Sidey like there is something to it like her husband i think western is a court is a capricorn and then sidereal is a taurus or something like that and i was like yeah. no he's taurus like fine but i think like i i think that there's so much of it that has to be factored in where it's like were you born around like a major event were you born like what energy were you born into what what was happening in the world around that time um and then also like are you a capricorn that was like highly impacted by your birthday being overshadowed for your whole life or life experiences or whatever it is so i do think that there's some like holistic like gotta look at the whole story kind of thing yeah and i was i was gonna say on that you know sidereal which is often like Vedic astrology, Indian astrology, I think like to them, Aries means a, something different, you know? And so I think that each version of astrology has something to say, and maybe um, we are all looking at the same thing just through a different perspective. And I think, um, so I don't think there's like a ton of contradiction necessarily. I think we're just standing from a different perspective, describing the same thing. Like, for example, like I study like Western um, traditional, a version of like traditional and modern, um, but I use whole sign uh, house system, whereas a lot of people um, use Placidus, uh, which is just, a, it kind of shifts everything into different houses. And so it changes the story a little, but Placidus is more like, I've heard described as more of a psychological description of the person whereas whole sign is more actually talking about what's literally happening um how do you feel about that Bronwyn um I use both and it depends on what techniques that I'm using if I whole sign houses for traditional techniques and for really refined predictive work that's how I would use whole sign houses and then I agree that Placidus is you can really finesse the psychological pieces of the chart. I, I also wanted to 
to say, Alana, that's really on point about taking into consideration the story of the time that you're born into. And this this is actually what astrology describes. I think we think of it as like a cosmic Myers-Briggs that just talks about character and personality. But what it really is, is a, a cosmic clock that gives us a mirror of the energies that are happening all around us at a particular time. So it describes a zeitgeist. It describes the mood of a particular time. And if you are born into that, you bear the mark of that time. And then the chart is the way to understand what that time frame was about. So that's why it can be accurate for personality description and also accurate for predicting and assessing historical events because we're all swimming in the same energy. And okay. it's right. you, you said that so beautifully, and I'm going to go back and write that down. <laughs> that was awesome. And I would agree that everybody born in a certain time is going to have some shared characteristics too. You are a you part of the time you... The, the time that you're born plays a part in who you are. Absolutely. We, that's, what it, that's what astrology is. Yeah, like my great-grandfather doesn't spend too much time on his phone or didn't spend too much time on his phone. He wasn't born into a time of technology. Exactly. He probably smoked more, though, or he probably had some other things based on the time period that he grew up. Yeah, so, and it's, it's all about putting the chart in context, too. You know, it's like, yeah. that's why... Um, you astrologers, like I was saying, are not psychics. You, you've got to talk to the person and get a sense of their story and then put their chart in the context of their story, you know, um, because these placements, they have their significations, but they have many different ways that it, it could go, but it's going to still have to be within, still going to have to fit the chart and make sense with the chart. And, um, Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I, Sorry. I, I talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> <laughs> and we should. <laughs> well, we do every week, each and every week, with a new guest and guest astrologers. We thank both of you guys for joining us. Uh, I guess, do you want to remind us where, where listeners should go um, and remind them uh, where they can find you, uh, Alana? Yeah, it's uh, at Namastems on Instagram, N-A-M-A-S-T-E-M-S. That's the best way to find me. And then anything supporting domestic violence survivors, resources, um, all about it. Look at your local shelters, even if you're just making donations so that people leaving those situations can have pots and pans and a new start. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah where, can where can we find you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Instagram at moon.wisdom or at bronwynsimons.com. And it's B-R-O-N-W-Y-N. Simons, S-A-M-O-N-S <laughs> dot com. Yeah. Perfect. Hopefully Scott has the links working because, boy, I tell you, these podcast show note links sometimes get all garbled up. <laughs> and Sarah has to let me know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they work on like sometimes they'll work on apple podcasts and they won't work on spotify or overcast they look great or stitcher they stopped working but stitcher stopped working altogether. they went out of business so if you're a stitcher listener sorry 
no more updates for that app. <laughs> Got to find a new one. I, oh, and Google Podcasts went out of business too. I don't know what happened. What? Yeah, they like sold or I think they're they're turning it into something else. Google, not Google's not going out of business. That would be a breaking story. But I think <laughs> they're getting they're getting out of the podcast game. Interesting. All right. All right. No sign off for this one. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> well, we don't really have a debrief sign off. We just okay. say that was fun. <laughs> Bye, <Okay>. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my-